You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. This week's edition of Assembly Call Radio is coming right up. Before we get to that, a word from our sponsor this week, SeatGeek. You know, look, college basketball season is over, but there are still plenty of live sporting events to go see. You've got the NBA playoffs going on right now. You've got baseball. Football is going to be here before we know it. And there's plenty of concerts during the spring and summer. And if you need tickets for any of those types of events or anything else, make sure to check out our sponsor, SeatGeek. For a long time, buying tickets has been really difficult and annoying with a few big companies who don't really care about the customer. But SeatGeek is a ticket company where the customer comes first. With more than 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store, SeatGeek is focused on making your experience as easy as possible. SeatGeek pulls in millions of tickets from all over the web, rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and displays them on an interactive seat map so it's simple to find what you're looking for. Green dots are good deals, and red dots are overpriced. It's quite simple. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence, and I know that works. We've had listeners who have had issues with SeatGeek. It has always been dealt with, not just to their satisfaction, but to their joy like they really do a good job of taking care so you can trust when i say that they're fully guaranteed they are uh, i have the seeky app on my phone it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets uh, and when my wife and i go to concerts this spring it will definitely be the place that i will go to buy tickets for those events and best of all listeners to the assembly call get ten dollars off your first seat geek purchase they support our show so we certainly hope that you will support them as well Use the promo code ASSEMBLY for $10 off your first purchase. You can use that for concert tickets, sports, comedy, whatever you want. Remember, that's promo code ASSEMBLY for $10 off your first purchase. And now, here's this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most urgent topics in the never-dull world of Indiana basketball. This is our 119th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 511th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, April 25th, 2019. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. This time of year, the only type of news that typically generates banner moments is recruiting news, and that's no different this week. Unfortunately, we don't have a new commitment to cite as this week's reason to believe that Indiana is on track to hang banner number six, but sometimes even a swing and a miss in recruiting can still be a good sign that player acquisition is moving in the right direction. And so that's what I'll go with this week, because Indiana swung and missed on Anthony Harris, a four-star guard in the class of 2019, who was universally described as a tough 
Archie Miller-style player. Harris decommitted from home state school Virginia Tech after Buzz Williams left and by most accounts was down to Indiana and North Carolina for his final two. He ultimately chose the Tar Heels. And while that decision stung for anyone who got their hopes up about Harris becoming a Hoosier, being in the running for a player of his caliber is still somewhat significant. Because if you're going to consistently recruit top prospects with other top schools involved, it's likely you're going to hear no a lot more than you're going to hear yes. And that's not just me trying to view this latest recruiting no with crimson-colored glasses. Those who frequent the 24-7 sports message boards will be familiar with the Bill Self anecdote that Jeff Rabjohns is fond of using, in which Self said something to the effect of, quote, if you're not hearing no more than you're hearing yes, then you're going after the wrong caliber of recruit. Now, I know, I know, cue up the obligatory TJ Gasnola references and blue-chip sound drops. Bags of cash. Still, Darius Garland... DJ Carton, Keon Brooks, now Anthony Harris, and others, they all said no to Archie Miller, but they were worth investing time in, and it's notable that Indiana seemed in the mix until near the end with each one. And by the way, we should all prepare ourselves because the same outcome is likely with Indiana's pursuits of Lester Canones and Trendon Watford. Still, I'm glad Archie Miller is going after them. Now, all the no's in the world don't mean anything if there aren't some important yeses along the way. And fortunately, there have been, including two McDonald's All-Americans from the state of Indiana, three other four-star in-state prospects, and a guy in Jerome Hunter who, health willing, could end up being the best player of them all. Archie and his staff clearly still have work to do in the class of 2019, and they need to be smart about how they balance their pursuit of top 50 out-of-state prospects in the class of 2020 with the top 100 prospects sitting in their own backyard. But my point here is, don't let the no's from high-quality prospects discourage you. No coach is going to win every high-profile recruiting battle he enters, or even the majority of them. But smart coaches will be undeterred and keep on making calculated investments of time and energy in the elite prospects they think they can sway who fit the type of program they're trying to build. And hopefully, before too long, Archie will get another one to say yes. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, he is the Jamie Lannister of Girls U Sports Coaching in Cincinnati. He is the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and he remains everyone's favorite fun-loving bracketologist. Well, it's been a fun week, Jared. Let me tell you, this is fun. This kind of game is fun. This was fun. All right, well, this was fun. He is Andy Bottoms. Andy, what is your bottoms line on the last week in Indiana basketball? Uh, just to give people a little glimpse into me, I had to look up the Jamie Lannister thing to know what that reference was for. So that that gives you just a, a just a small glimpse into what I'm aware <laughs> of and not aware of. So anyway, um, it, you know, like you said, it's kind of hard to find a whole lot right now because this is the time of year when you've got a whole lot more questions than you do answers um, between NBA draft, early entrance and things like that, which I you. Uh, you know, I know we'll talk about the guys who put their name in, but but it's not really the same as other teams in the Big Ten who really's whose fortunes could really turn pretty dramatically on who stays and who goes in that regard. But it is interesting to start to step back and look at you know where things fall in the pecking order. And uh, Dustin Dapirak had a, a piece on the Athletic where he was you know kind of trying to make early heads or tails of what the Big Ten is going to look like. And IU was relatively far down the list, I think just because there are a lot of questions there in the middle. Once you get past Michigan State, there's a huge tier of teams with some varying questions, some of them draft-related, some of them uh, you know, related to other personnel. But I do think you know, that that's what will make this offseason an interesting one because you got to try to figure out how all these pieces fit together and, and how they can uh, you know, find a way to finish higher in the Big Ten than they have in the past, in the past couple of years and uh, ultimately make the NCAA tournament because I do think this is a – 
a, a turning point year um, for certain with with Archie. And um, doesn't mean they don't make the tournament. He's not going to be back for year number four. But um, it is a really interesting year without, uh, uh, you know, with with so many questions on the roster. And I feel like we've said that at other times and then talked ourselves into answering those questions in a positive way when it didn't actually end up being that way. So uh, I think like a lot of fans, I'm trying to stay realistic, but probably erring on the side of skeptical a little bit as we uh, as we go through this. But still a lot of, I mean, with all the transfers out there, a handful of recruits uh, still in the mix, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how the roster shakes out. But uh, there are some things to be excited about. I think the more that you, you hear about Joey Brunk and you, you read some of the things about that, uh, the more that seems like that's really going to be a good uh, a good piece. And, and I know you guys talked about that last week as well. So, uh, you know, reasons to be excited, reasons to have questions, reasons to be pessimistic, I think, at this point. And uh, I think those will all be themes of the offseason, quite frankly, as we uh, as we get going through here. And to my right, he is a longtime high school basketball coach in Indiana, the founder of the Delphi Bracketology Club. And no longer is he merely the assembly call sixth man, a role he has been filling ably for the better part of two years now. No, after a unanimous vote among our current host, he is now an official member of the assembly call hosting crew. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Absolutely. And well-deserved. He is the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Uh, first of all, uh, a, <clears throat> a huge thank you to you three for uh, asking me to do that and, and being willing to put up with my crazy drop lines and, and conversations. Um, it, it, I, I emailed this to you and for all the listeners. It's an honor. Um, been here for a while from a, a YouTube question to a, a chat room moderator to now being on the show. I, I can't thank you enough. I think it uh, shows you what a program is, and, and this is what Indiana should be, is, a, is some people who do things the right way, fill all of their roles, and, and then produce a quality product. And, and that's my Tonsoni time. That's my wish for Indiana basketball as well as for Assembly Call. But, but a huge thank you, and, and I'm very proud to, to be a, a part of the, officially a part of the show. And, and holistically, look at Indiana basketball. That's what I'm trying to do. And, and I would suggest the fans to do the recruiting is, is been awesome. When Archie came in, it was the inside out approach, getting Indiana players uh, and trying to go out and grab national players. You're going to be said no at some point, like you said in the banner moment. But as soon as the, the young man says, no, I wish them well. And then I focus on what's next. And, and it's the, the people who decide to come to Indiana that are important and the mix of players, as we've seen in this year's NCAA tournament, it's the mix of players accepting their roles and playing together as a team and the trust of Archie Miller to do that. Uh, so, so we look at that holistically, the defensive numbers have been better in two years. And, and that was something we talked about a lot on the show by year three is really when the defense gets there. So, Yes, it's uh, a little questionable heading into next year, but I think things are looking up and, and always positive about the direction of Indiana basketball. All right, here's what we're going to talk about this week. We will discuss the feedback that Devontae, Al, and Justin are most likely to get from NBA teams. Then we will spend some time grading Archie Miller's second year at Indiana, just like we did last offseason. And then we'll answer your questions, including one about which Bloomington restaurant is the best one to take recruits and their families to. That should be fun. All of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, before we get to all that, though, let's talk about sleep and why you need to buy your next mattress from our friends and the fellow IU grads and fans at Comfort Option. First off, they actually come to your house. Seriously, if you live in Indy or Bloomington, 
you can schedule Comfort Options revolutionary in-home mattress service. There's a van with a bed in it, and they just put the mattress together right there, and you lay on it, and you decide if you like it or not. Right there. Plus, they don't charge you extra. They don't charge you extra to come build the mattress at your house. They don't. And if you don't live in India or Bloomington, you can still order one of their alpha mattresses online, and they'll deliver it anywhere in the U.S. Longtime Assembly Call listener Megan Mahaffey, whose voice you've been hearing in these ad spots, she and her husband went with the Alpha Medium. We've been really, really pleased with how the Alpha Medium has felt. I am physically sleeping better. And Megan's husband isn't snoring anymore, which is a massive bonus. And to top it all off, Comfort Option offers a 30-90 satisfaction guarantee to make sure you love your mattress. Bottom line, they want the mattress buying experience to be more pleasant than it's ever been. The whole thing, start to finish, went incredibly smoothly. So go to ComfortOption.com right now and either order your Alpha mattress or schedule your in-home mattress store service today. And when you do it, use the promo code ASSEMBLY to get $50 off your purchase. Again, ComfortOption.com, whether you're ready for a new mattress right now or if you need to wait until you're ready, make sure you bookmark that so it's ready. ComfortOption.com, promo code ASSEMBLY for $50 off. Get the mattress that's right for you. Don't leave your sleep to chance. It's too important. We want you to live. Yes, we do. Can we get some basketball, please? Okay, gentlemen, back to talking basketball. So, we obviously, Romeo Langford declared for the NBA draft. We all expected that. Maybe not quite as expected was Devontae Green, Justin Smith, and Al Durham putting their names in. But I think we all agree with the rules, how they are, where you can do that, get feedback, even sign with an agent, and still come back to school it really makes sense for pretty much everybody to do it. So I have no problem with them, you know, going pro, speak up if or declaring, speak up if you do, but I'm sure that you guys agree. But we did get a question in that was basically, what feedback do you think they will get from NBA teams? Because now, as we talked about on podcast on the brink this week, you know, they can now actually talk with NBA teams. So coach, I'll start with you. What do you think are the things that Devontae, Al, and Justin will hear about that they need to improve on, not just obviously to have better college careers, but as they're looking toward becoming professional players in a year, two, or three? I believe all three will get news on the things that will they will need to make Indiana better and make themselves better for Indiana, because I think those are the things that they're going to need in order to play at the next level. And I think what I'm hoping for is that all three of them get feedback that confirms what the coaching staff has been telling them. And a lot of times, uh, young people, old people, we all get in our own bubble, surrounded by our family and friends, telling us what we want to hear. And sometimes the message from our mentors kind of gets stuck a little bit. And so maybe going and getting uh, this feedback will be a, a breakout for, we saw Devontae break out at the end, but Justin needs to break out a little bit and, and advance his games. And each, each one has some individual. I think Devontae, it's really playmaking and defense. Uh, I think Justin is, you, you got to be committed to playing possession by possession because the NBA is just going to be tough. Uh, you know, and L, he's got to be able to continue. I, I think his growth has been fantastic, but he's got to be a scorer and, and a point guard. So he's going to have to work on his ball handling because of his size. So those are the specific things. But I, I don't see how that hurts Indiana if they go get that and they come back with the right mindset of, I'm going to do that for Indiana, not just go out and do the things to impress scouts uh, heading down the road. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, the one thing I wonder about these, and I, I would agree with you, I mean, the way the rules are set up, there's no reason whatsoever that, that guys shouldn't put their name in there. I do wonder a little bit what what kind of, you know, what's the amount of effort that goes into compiling the feedback for guys like this as opposed to guys who are really 
truly on the fence versus those who are going through the process. I, I don't have any way to know that. That's what um, I was. I asked Matt Dollinger that, and he, I didn't. He, he wasn't really able to go into much detail on it, so I didn't get much clarity on that. But I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, I don't really know how it works. But either way, I, so you know, in the absence of knowing that, I would be inclined to say, yeah, go ahead and, and do that. Uh, and I would echo what Coach said. Hopefully, it it reinforces things that coaching staff has told him. I think they each have, you know, different areas to work on with uh, it, all things that would benefit IU. I mean, they're all going to be told you got to be more consistent shooting the ball from the outside and. Al made strides in that regard quite a bit from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Devontae has been streaky and shot selection is sometimes a part of him making and missing shots. And Justin, that was a huge you know talking point for him of, you know, how can he step out? And you know, we were at the game when he, uh, you know, lit it up against Michigan State from the outside. But how does that become uh, a more prevalent and a more consistent part of his game? And I think, uh, you know, ball handling is going to be big and, and being able to run a team with guys like Al and Devontae. Um, because Devontae, unless he's just a lights-out shooter, is not going to be a two-guard at the next level if he is able to play just based on his size and everything else. So that becomes a little bit difficult with Finnessy, the incumbent point guard, so how you're able to showcase some of those things. But I think more than anything, some of it's finishing through contact, some of it's those kinds of things. But with Justin and Devontae in particular, it's really just consistency of that mentality and the way they come out. And I think that will be, if they can you know, sustain their maybe just short of what their, you know, peak performances are for a good number of games, that would go a long way toward, uh, you know, reassuring people that they could play at some kind of next level, whether that's the NBA or someplace else. I think those really, for me, are the big knocks on them. They at times both look like guys who can be world beaters and, you know, challenge for all Big Ten type of type of play and other games they just disappear or seem to be hurting the team around the, when they're on the floor. So that's something that's hard to, you know, do drills for, you know, shooting is one thing we talk about improving that there's a more clear picture, I think, of how you improve a skill like that versus consistency. I don't know that there's a, a recipe for that, but I would imagine that those are the kinds of things that they would, uh, that they would hear and, and can become a focus for them heading into the next season. Yep. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, it is time to do our annual duty of grading Indiana's head coach. Last year, the grades were pretty positive despite missing the NCAA tournament. This year, I'm guessing Arch Miller is going to get far less slack. But how much less, we will discuss. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. You can find all of our content at our website, assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to participate in our unedited live broadcasts, chat mobbers, or watch those replays, then check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. As chat mobber Chad once put it, hearing the stuff in between, you get to know you guys a lot better. Uh, like the time last week when Ryan stated on the record with the recording to prove it that he is going to learn how to host. We've kind of made it a thing where I refuse to learn how to host, but it, it it's kind of just shtick. But like I actually have refused to learn how to host, but uh, I should probably. Do hey, hey, it doesn't take long. This, at some point in this offseason, I should probably learn how to do that. I, I think Ryan last week, obviously I was gone. I had a power outage coach. You stepped up. We had a crash course on the phone for like 10 minutes to get you ready to go. That must've shamed Ryan into being like, Holy crap. I've done this for eight years and have never hosted. And he had to desperately go to coach for a show. I was on to find a host at the last minute. It's a sad, sad state of affairs that Ryan can't be relied on yet to do that. But we have him now saying on the record that he's going to do it. You all heard it. We have the drop to prove it. 
So we'll see if it happens. Andy, you look skeptical that it will ever happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, to imply that he has said things that have all actually happened would would clearly be erroneous. So. Time has proven me right on virtually everything. False. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's talk Archie Miller, gentlemen. And, you know, we, we did this last year. We did it with Tom Crean, obviously, in the offseason, too. But let's grade the coach. And just, you know, kind of a refresher last year. The criteria that we used was on-court success, culture, recruiting, program ambassadorship, and staff management. We've all agreed that, you know, the way that a head coach manages his staff is very important. It's worth grading. We just don't think that we can do it because we're not there in practice. We're not there sitting by the bench during games. We don't know what goes on with the staff. And, Coach, I think you would agree kind of dumb for us to sit on here and try and give him a grade for that. So that is important, but we're not going to touch on that here in in, in what we're talking about. So we'll go on-court success, culture, recruiting, and program ambassadorship. And let's start with on-court success. And I have a note. I went back and looked at the notes from last year where I gave him a C. Andy, you gave him a C plus. Ryan gave him a C. And I have a note that says, in a normal season, not making the tournament would be an F. So I kind of boxed myself into a corner there. I will say we didn't make the NCAA tournament. Obviously very disappointing. You know, there was some progress from year one to year two, ever so small as it may have been. And we did make a tournament. So I'm going to give him a D. I'm not going to give him an F because I think there was at least a little bit of progress. But, you know, I think now as we get into year three, you know, you got to make the NCAA tournament. But I'm going to give him a D for on-court success. Just because, you know, even though you had the good start to the season, at the end of the day, you know, where do you end up in mid-March? And Indiana was in the NIT, not the NCAA tournament. And even with all the challenges that this team had, I still think that there were opportunities there to be better than they were. Um, and so I'm maybe that's harsh. I don't know. I went with a D. Uh, Coach, what are you giving Archie? We know your thoughts on Archie Miller. You love him. Yeah, and, and so you got to take off those, you know, uh, blinders a little bit. I'd I'd give Archie a C or a C minus simply because the amount of injuries this year I don't know that I've really witnessed a program go through and that messes up your practice that messes up your development uh, it messes up competition and this team seemed to struggle competitively from the start even and then you you throw your some of your you know players you relied on out of the mix. And even a guy like McRoberts was not healthy the whole year, and he was known for his competitiveness. And, and you could throw him in and play minutes because you knew you're going to get – the pieces weren't there for him to make the decisions. Uh, that being said, you still can't lose 12 out of 13. Uh, you yeah. you got to try to find a way to right the ship there. But I, I think uh, he has to get credit for a 12-2 and two start uh, with the roster, with a lot of injuries even in that 12-2 and two start. Uh, and then I think he has to give credit for finding a way to win six out of eight at the end. So th- that's, you know, average a little bit below average. I, and it, and the improvements in defense, the record, and we did make a tournament. I, I see that as a C, C minus. That's not where Indiana basketball needs to be. But given the circumstances, I, I think that's the grade I'll give. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. Seems pretty fair. Andy? I'm in a similar range as coach. I guess I'll lean C minus. I think everything that he said, I agree with where you kind of had, I mean, a C is, is average. And that's kind of where IU averaged out. Once you take the the lowest of lows and the highest of the highs that they had, they kind of were right down the middle. What kind of pushed me a little bit more toward C minus is in, I think back to the first year, I felt like he got a lot 
he got more out of some guys than I thought maybe was realistic coming into the season. So I'm, I think I brought this up before. Like Freddie McSwain is the, to me the textbook example of this. I mean, he was able to get a lot out of him by having him play a role, by putting him in a position to be successful and really got more out of him than I think anybody really expected. McRoberts, to a certain extent, probably falls in that that boat as well, though we'd seen a little bit of that with Crean. And I, when I look at this year, and maybe that's what, you know another category we should look at here is like a player development type of thing, because I think ultimately this is where it falls, so I'm kind of shoehorning it into on-court mm. success because it's in some ways a function of 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 player development, but I don't know. I mean, were there guys that you felt like on the roster that you got a lot more out of than you thought you would? Like I would definitely put McSwain in that boat from a couple years ago, but I don't know who I would put in that, that bucket this year, maybe Al to a Al? certain extent. Al's the guy um, I was thinking of, but, but even, I mean, he made, he made strides for sure, but I, I just to really get above and beyond out of a number of guys was something that I felt like you might be able to see more in, year two as opposed to year one so that that kind of pushed me a little bit on the lower end of that cc minus but I, that that's where i'd put it maybe we should add player development because i mean it is part of on-court success but it is it's kind of its own separate thing so i'm i'm, yeah. I'm down with adding that later um okay right, we'll culture yeah uh culture is the next one I, i'm gonna go with a c on culture you know it seems like academics are in good shape no off-court issues certainly so that all seems to be good but you know, coach, for me, this didn't seem like a team committed to bring its A effort game in, game out, you know, and you obviously had the, you know, the the comments after the Minnesota game, which, you know, came on the heels of some, you know, some pretty poor performances. And, you know, when you lose that many games like Indiana did, there's something that's not quite right. And to have some of the starts they had, that just kind of suggested something wasn't quite, quite right. And it didn't seem to be a team that had a lot of camaraderie throughout the season. So, you know, none of us know enough kind of behind the scenes stuff to really be able to get into specifics, but it's hard for me to give any more than a C just based on what I saw kind of with my own eyes. And it's not a, you know, guys are getting in trouble off the court or anything like that, but just the cohesion and the game in game out focus, we just didn't see that. And that needs to be part of the culture of IU basketball. Yeah, the, the comments that I would be interested if I could ask, and you never would because it's none of our business, is what does the deal-breaker comment mean after the Minnesota game? And, and so I give it a C-. minus Again, I, I, this is where I'm most disappointed in, in Coach Miller uh, at this point. I, I think, to me, if I can interpret that, and it's just just a good guess, is that he came in, he had a recruits from another coach, um, he had a five-star player coming in. He was trying to get them to a level and work with them on a, on a coach-player level, and we all do that as coaches. What's best? How can I talk to them? Get input from the players. Make it a collective thing. And I had heard early from some people in the know, and it's secondhand, that Archie was frustrated before the first game, that this team was not tough and not competing in practice, and he was looking for ways to get that going. And that's why I thought the 12-2 and two start was great because he was struggling with this team as a coach. And when, when you're a coach and you struggle with the makeup of your team and the competitiveness of your team, it is an every practice, every day problem. You go home wondering, what can I do to get these guys going? They're not where they need to be. They're not listening. They're not getting it done. And to be at 12 and two, and then bam, the fantasy injury. And then, but I think he tried to massage the culture. And to me, the deal breaker was, no, it's going to be Archie Miller's way. 
we're going to run. You're going to run on the baseline for mistakes. You're going to be held accountable. And I don't care if you were here for Coach Crean, you're a five-star. I'm going to get up in you, and I'm going to hold you accountable. And, and I think that should have been done earlier. And maybe that's coming to a Power 5 program. Maybe that's with the five-star trying to do too much as a coach instead of be who Archie is. And that's a guess. Uh, so that's why he would get a C-minus for me is that he needs to coach the way Archie Miller coaches, and if players don't like it, they can leave. And, and, and get to that toughness uh, because it, it, it showed that we, we, Indiana, won six out of eight after whatever the deal breaker was. That's the way Archie needs to continue, and I just wish that was done earlier in the losing streak um, to, to change the season. I agree with all that. Andy? Uh, yeah, hard to hard to follow that and, and bring a substantially different uh, account of things. I, you know, what I would add is if if you believe, and I think as most people did, that the team's identity is going to be defined by its play on the defensive end, I do think you continue to see some improvement there. Um, and so I think that is a, a positive for laying that as the groundwork of part of what your culture is. But overall, the show up consistently game to game with the same level of effort, regardless of who's on the other side of the floor, all the kinds of things that any coach would stand in front and say um, about culture, as we learned from uh, Jordan Sperber this week, that that's the uh, the buzzword of uh, of every <laughs> introductory press conference. That was fantastic. Um, you know, but but that is as as hokey as it can kind of sound. Like that is important, and that's one of the things that we we talked about so much toward the end of the Korean era. Is like, what's this team's identity? What are they really known for? Is it player development? Is it what, whatever the case may be? And I think really, other than you know, the, the more defensive mindset, I think we're still struggling to figure out like, is that maybe that's, maybe that's all that it is, but is there more to it than that? And, and, and what there is there. So I agree with the off court stuff that you mentioned, Jared, not having those kinds of incidents, not having, um, you know, seemingly things in, in good shape academically is all, uh, is all positive, but to really be able to sit down after two years and say like, Hey, this is what we know we can expect from this team night in and night out. I don't think anybody can do that. And that to me, is when you get to a point where culturally you know exactly what you're going to get. Next up, we have recruiting. Now, I believe when we did this last year, Romeo had already committed, so that was taken into account in last year's. So we're not going to take that into account for this year's recruiting. I gave it a B. Andy, let you start on this one. You know, We landed another McDonald's All-American in-state prospect in Trace Jackson Davis, another building block that I think we all really believe in in Armand Franklin. Joey Brunk really, feel, you know, really fills a need. I like that. But, you know, then you look at some of the other ones. You know, Evan Fitzner, that was a really important recruit that didn't deliver. And I understand what Archie was going for there, but it didn't work out. You know, you did have some misses on guys like DJ Carton and Keon Brooks. And I know what I said in the banner moment, but still, you know, not getting those guys, you certainly can't, uh, you know, get bumped up anything uh, for not getting them. Um, but but I do think it, it was smart to go after them and to kind of be in it. Uh, and then, you know, I think the big thing for me is, we haven't really filled the need for outside shooting. I think Armand's going to certainly help with that, um, but it still feels like there's a glaring need there with this program needing more shooting, um, and, and that, that hasn't yet been addressed. Now, look, maybe Jerome Hunter is that guy, and he was hurt, and I understand some of the extenuating circumstances, but I think the recruiting has been good, um, which is why I give it a B, um, but I can't quite get it up to that A level yet because you know at the end of the day, you, you have to get the results, and the results haven't been there. And I think that's in part just because of, you know, a, a few mistakes and a few hits and misses with roster construction um, that have just kind of set the early part of his tenure back. 
It, yeah, I think the outside shooting is the part that that stands out to me. That you know, knew, knowing going into last season, that was that was going to be an issue again. Maybe Hunter was viewed as the answer to that. Um, yeah, the Fitzner thing is difficult. I think with a lot of these grad transfers, it is a little bit of a crapshoot to assume that you're going to be able to get somebody and integrate them into what you want to do, particularly when you really haven't established that culture that we, you know, we talked about in the last point of, you know, what, what's this guy walking into? How do you really integrate him? I think that's challenging in any scenario. And I think it certainly proved to be very challenging in this one. And, and you ended up with a guy who was fairly one dimensional in terms of what he was, uh, what he was doing. And, and when that one dimension went away, he really became a, a struggle to play on the play on the floor and, uh, and do with those kinds of things. But I do, you know, I, I think what I like, and I'm going to land probably at a B about the same place that you would. Um, I do like the kinds of guys that he's getting. I think Armand and Trace both seem um, like guys that fit well with what he wants to do. Brunk uh, bringing in a guy who really cares about, you know, wearing the IU jersey and, and playing really hard there. I think he's bringing in, you know, you throw in a fantasy and, um, you know, Hunter from everything you hear about him, although you haven't seen it on the court. I like the kinds of guys he's getting at some point that has to manifest itself in, you know, the cultural things and winning and, and whatever else. But, uh, so I, I don't know, I would, uh, I, I'd probably go with a B. I think it's been good, but not great in the, in the way that it was, uh, a year ago. Coach. You know, I, I'm a little bit higher on the recruiting. I'd say an A minus and, and looking at the big picture, two McDonald's all Americans, several young men from Indiana, uh, losing out to Kentucky and North Carolina is nothing to, to you know, slough about when when you're when you're battling with that kind of uh, opponent for for players. I don't look at that as a negative at all. Um, you know, so I, I like the inside out. I do, and Andy said I think the guys are Archie Miller guys, and, and you know, going back to the culture thing a little bit too. As a coach, you can do. You can push buttons and push buttons and push buttons, but if if the pieces don't respond, they hold some responsibility too for the culture. A, a coach cannot just wave a wand and have everyone on the same culture page, and it takes several years of recruiting in order to get that culture as well. So while I was lower than everyone on culture at a C minus, that was more for in season culture. Um, but I, I think the recruiting has has he said what he was going to do when he was he first took the job. He's going out and doing it. And here's the thing about recruiting that I love. He's patient. He's not going out trying to get the ninth grader, the 10th grader. Look at me. I'm offering 87 guys. He is really studying these guys. He's going out. And, and maybe with like the Leo kid, maybe two, two patients, um, uh, the Galloway kid. One day you know, in-home visit coming up with Anthony Yeah, he's Leo. got an in-home Watch visit. That. So. I think that's probably his best aspect right now uh, of of all the things that we're looking at. Uh, the next one's program ambassadorship. A little tricky to grade on this, you know, and I, I think this is something that is never going to be Archie's strong suit. You know, the best ambassadorship he'll have is just winning games, and then you know that will hopefully take care of itself. You know, I think his public comments have been fine. They didn't, I, you know... I don't know that they had the same impact this year during the losing streak, obviously, because there's really nothing a coach can say during the losing streak that sounds good. Um, but he was, you know, for the most part, how he was his first season. You know, he's not someone who's going to go out of his way to really let people get to know him. 
Uh, there were a few instances of, you know, some profiles of players and things like that. But I think overall, I would love to see Indiana be more open with the players so we can get to know them better. It just helps. It helps the fans have a better relationship with players. So I'm going to go with a C. Um, but, you know, I, he doesn't give us a ton to go on with this. He kind of does what's expected of him. But I do like that he does seem relatively candid when he is when he's speaking. Like, it just seems like he says what he thinks. And and I do appreciate that. So I'm going to go with the C. And maybe that's a little bit too harsh, but I just I think probably as long as we do this with him, program ambassadorship will probably get a C until we just start winning and we're all in a better mood. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I, this one is kind of hard. It's a little bit ambiguous, as you mentioned. I'd probably say a B, and maybe that's just a matter of like what your expectations are in that regard. Because I'm like you, I, I don't think that he is a. a He's just not a rah-rah guy. I think you've seen kind of his general approach to that kind of thing already. And so I don't, I think based on what I expected, I'd probably say, you know, B or so in that area, but I don't really have a strong, don't really have a strong feeling. I mean, I like the, you know, kind of matter of fact, somewhat blunt nature in the way that he, um, he handles things, but I realize, you know, some people need or want more than that, but um, I'd say probably B. I don't, we don't have a place for like offense or defense on here. We need to. Uh, we might need to revise our report. I mean, that's part. all. That's all kind of part of. I thought about that. That's kind of part of on court success. I mean, maybe we need to. Maybe we need to I shift guess. up the criteria a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Something for next year. An A on points that would have been good to make in the email exchange that we had earlier today. Hey, I had a lot, a lot going on. Sorry, <laughs> coach. Uh, we get an A on free throw defense this year. Um, a plus. But a plus. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give a P for pass because I, I don't really care about ambassadorship. I like, I like that he's a ball coach. I really do. And I want him to win so bad because, you know, he's got to or, or he's not the guy. But every post game is the same thing. I know you have to be an ambassador for the program. You have to meet with the big wigs. You have to shake hands, go to golf outings and all that. But being as a former head coach, now being an assistant coach, the best thing about being an assistant coach, you don't have to be an ambassador. You show up, do their job, and go home. And, and uh, I, I think that's – I like that about Archie. And so I give him – he passes because he does what he has to do, and he's never going to be great at it. But I'd rather have a winning coach and a winning program than someone that's not fun to hang out with, you know, at the cash bar um, than someone who is the life of the party. Okay, final question here to wrap this up from Brendan. Do you feel more or less confident today that Archie is IU's long-term coach of the future than you did on the day he was hired? Andy? I feel like it's a cap-out to say the same, but uh, I, no, I don't... No, that's, that's a valid I answer. I don't know that I... I think it would be hard to say that you feel better um, based on based on what you've seen. I think at the end of last year, you might have said you felt better because, like I said, I felt like he got a lot out of the guys that were there last year, and I didn't leave this year feeling that way. But I also recognize that there were some somewhat odd circumstances from an injury standpoint. I think even having a one-and-done guy like Romeo that early in his tenure is an odd circumstance, not necessarily a bad one, um, but odd. So I, I'm... I'm kind of the same. Uh, like Certainly I said, one I, he wanted. It's not like it was just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. His lap. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't mean that at all. And I think the one that he had to, you know, go after, as we've we've talked about before. So I'll say about the same. I, I definitely don't feel better, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who'd say they feel better. Um, but I also don't know that 
that I would say that I feel worse. Coach? You know, this, this may surprise some people. I'm a little less confident. And, 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 and a little bit more, I think I'm less confident, and that's more of a reflection of me as a fan. That, you know, in, under the last coaching regime, we wanted things to be so much different and, and we wanted it yesterday. And so the expectations that I had for Archie in year one and year two, I think probably were not attainable. And, and so now a little bit of doubt creeps in. And so that would fit into me the, the less confident that he's the long term. Do I still believe in Archie? Absolutely. Do I, do I believe that he will get this fixed and will surprise people next year? Yes. But uh, I'm a fan as much as I am. Uh, analysis uh, analyst. Um, so that has to come into play as well. Yeah, I'm with you, coach. I'm still confident in Archie, but less confident than on the day that he was hired. Just two years not making the tournament. Would have liked to see a, a little bit better results, even with all of the extenuating circumstances baked in. So still confident, still feeling good about it, but probably a little less than I was on the day he was hired. And, and even at the end of last season, Andy, to your point. All right, coming up in our third segment, we are going to answer your questions, which include one about which of Indiana's five big men we feel most confident will be starting on opening night, and another about which restaurant is ideal for recruiting visits in Bloomington. Stick with us here on the Assemble Call. We'll talk about that next. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni. Remember that you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. We send out a weekly IU News Roundup. Even during the offseason and after every game, we send out a detailed post-game analysis. There's a high-level operation going on out there. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Make no excuses all right, it is time now for our mailbag. All of these questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about at assemblycall.com slash community or via Twitter. Guys, I wanted to actually, I want to ask you guys one of the questions, that, uh, one of the poll questions that we used inside the community this week, because I thought it was an interesting one. You know, now that Joey Brunk is here, which one of these players do you feel most confident will be in the starting lineup on opening night of the 2019-20 season? And what is your reasoning for that? So Deron Davis, Joey Bronk, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, and Justin Smith. Because I think there are reasonable arguments for every guy about why he could or, you know, or may not end up in the starting lineup, at least at the start of the season. And how Archie mixes and matches those different options and their strengths and weaknesses is going to be really interesting to watch throughout the season. Um, Coach, who do you think is most likely, who do you have the most confidence in to be in the starting lineup on opening night? Most confidence for me probably be Trace um, because he's a McDonald's All-American. Whether that's at the four or the five is is something that I'll have to think about. But I think he's going to be like Romeo, come in and be a starter from the start and even Finnessy. I, I think that's an Archie guy. I think he's going to be in the starting lineup uh, somewhere, depending maybe at the five, if he can guard the four, maybe at the four. Andy? Yeah, I would uh, I would say Trace as well. I think the reasons the coach said, Duran, I mean, unfortunately, you just never know from a health perspective. But I just think Trace gives uh, a guy who can really 
uh, hopefully picks up the defense quickly, but I think a guy who can really um, perform well with the kinds of things that Archie wants them to do defensively, whether that's ball screen coverages, protecting the rim, um, things like that. And I think he gives good rebounder and uh, and a guy that can play inside. So I would I would say him first and Duran second for me. Yes, yeah, see, I went with Duran first. I mean, the question for me with Duran is just you know health, injury stuff, that kind of thing. But I think if he's healthy as a senior, you know, having been in the system now for a few years, we know what he can do offensively. I, I like all the, you know, what you guys said about Trace, but also he's a freshman. And if he struggles to pick up the defense, you know, maybe they bring him along a little bit, you know, a little bit slower. Um, so I, those two are the guys to me that I would put first and second, but I have a little bit more confidence in Duran, even with kind of the injury you know, the, just those issues, just because he's a senior and has been around longer. And to me, I would think that that would kind of win out or kind of tip the balance at the end. It may end up being both of them in the starting lineup, but I would have more confidence in Duran. I was going to say, yeah, I would tend to think they both, they both will be there, but yeah, go ahead. There's a a columnist that said something about Trace and Joey Brunk playing ahead of Duran. I forget who that, who that was. But I saw that uh, on on one of the sites where the question was asked of those three, who do you think is going to play? And it was Trace Brunk and then Davis, uh, according to this columnist. Now I don't know. They'll let anybody write stuff online. <laughs> True, um, <laughs> but 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 that that was interesting. If you go from the offensive stance of Brunk too in his offensive production, uh, but we we mentioned in a previous show that the defensively is the difference for for Duran. I think it just depends on Duran's health. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so let's take this question then, which kind of goes along with this because none of us said Justin Smith. What percentage of Justin Smith's minutes do you think he'll play the three? Because this to me is one of the big, you know, the, two of the big swing questions for this season are, is Jerome Hunter healthy? Because if he is, I think we all project him to be a guy that's playing a lot of minutes. And is Justin Smith able to play the three? Because if he can play the three, Archie's going to have so much more flexibility roster-wise in terms of getting his most talented players on the court. But if Justin you know, can't shoot, can't dribble, and is relegated to playing the four, you've really got that log jam where it's going to be hard to get those guys maybe as many minutes as they deserve or as many minutes as you'd want. So you know, what do you think, Andy? I mean, how, how many of Justin's minutes do you think will need to come there at the three, and how important is that for him to be able to do that? Yeah, I think I think it's incredibly important because if you look, you know, last year they they basically got themselves into a position where they didn't have a ton of depth in the backcourt, but they also didn't have enough guys that they trusted in the front court to be able to slide him over to that spot, and also I think didn't have confidence in his ability to, you know, make shots and and be able to space the floor from that position as well. So you ended up playing essentially three guards on a team that. Didn't really have, you know, that maybe had four. So I think it becomes incredibly important for he or Hunter in some capacity to be able to play the three. Because I think it gives you a little more size. I think he is, he's certainly a guy who can, uh, who can, we've seen, seen flashes of defensively and could guard different positions. So I think those are two guys that really give you size, but all, but you're not getting that size at the expense of being able to defend uh, if he's able to do that. But that to me, hinges a whole lot on his ability to be able to step out and make shots because of the other guys that we've talked about in the front court, any of the guys that were, were just discussed in that, none of them is thought of in any way as a guy who can step out and, and knock down shots. I know, uh, I think it was Rab Johns on the uh, Hoosier Hysterics podcast that he thinks Trace will be able to shoot it a little bit better than people think. 
now, but he's not going to be stepping out and making threes. It's my understanding. So you can't have, you can't have three non-shooters on the floor clogging up the lane at this point. So to me, the number of minutes he plays at the three is directly dependent on his ability to improve his three-point shot. And that's where race could complicate things in a good way if the three-point shooting that we saw in high school translates to the college game. Now he becomes an interesting piece who could potentially play the four and space things a little bit offensively. But we need to see it in games. He took one or two threes last year and looked completely uncomfortable doing so. Um, anything to add on that, Coach? I just I, I think Justin can guard the three. I just don't think he's a great fit offensively, even if he approves, and I, I expect him to improve. I think he's just a four in college, and he needs to he needs to improve in order to play the four. Uh, what percentage of minutes will he see at the four if he doesn't improve his offensive game? Um, I think if if the other guys come in and can guard like he can, then uh, it's going to come down to offense even at the four spot. Yep. Um, okay, let's get to this question. This is from Joel. Uh, love this question. So Archie has taken recruits to Zagreb's Knicks and is now taking Lester Canones to Buffalo's. All three are great, but which place would you suggest to be the primary go-to place for IU basketball recruits? Uh, Coach, why don't you go first on this one? Can I? Is there a D all of the above in the same visit? Um, <laughs> Take them yeah, to all those places. That's that's my tough decision every time I go to Bloomington. Which one of those three am I going to go to and miss out then for another two weeks? Um, I'd have to say Nick's just from the tradition and the variety of food uh, for a young man. Uh, it's not a heavy, heavy sit down steak dinner. Uh, and then wings are all over the place, uh, even though Buffaloes are far superior. So uh, Nick's is unique to the campus and, and we want someone who understands the importance of Nick's. Yeah, see, now look, I should say, and maybe this goes for all of us, when I go back to Bloomington, I go to my old favorite, so I haven't really experienced a lot of the new restaurants, and so there may be some of those out there, and so if you're shouting those at your radio or at your headphones right now that we're not saying them, just understand you know, that we haven't, you know, we, we tend to go to the same places when we go back, and maybe we should branch out. I know, but you only have a finite number of meals when you're there for a short period of time. So you're trying to make sure that A, you go to the other places, and B, you don't waste one of those meals in some places that doesn't turn out to be as good. I know. Although, really, we should just ask Galen because he won't steer us wrong. Galen and Megan, we can ask those two. They'll send us to the right places. I, I'm going to go. Well, first, here's what I would say. You got to know the guy. So you it's a sales trip. You tailor the trip to the guy. And so you try to kind of understand what he's about, what the family's about. If the family is maybe, you know, very serious and they're not about tomfoolery coach, maybe you don't go to Nick's. You know, so number one thing is you tailor it to the family. For me, I would default to Zagreb's, and it's hard for me to think outside of that because it's where we always go. The food is obviously great, and when my dad was coaching you know, under Mallory football-wise, we always took the football recruits there. So I had all these memories you know, going with him on those trips, and so that place just feels like a recruiting spot to me. Um, so I would go with that. I know it's you know kind of a cliched answer, but there's a reason why they, they take guys there because it's always a great experience and a great meal. So that's, that's going to be my vote. Uh, Andy, are you going gonna to go off the board here with, with one that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, no, but I did really enjoy Nate. I think Ebel is the last name or Ebel. He replied to the tweet with the question of Eastside Chili's. So uh, that was a, you know, unconventional choice for sure. But I, no offense I did, to Chili's. I did have a good, yes, I, I had a good laugh about that one though. That was good. Uh, now I, I would probably lean Zagreb's as well. I think Nick's, it's hard for me to separate the fact that like when I go to Nick's, I want to sit there and hang out and drink a beer and you're not really doing that with the recruit ideally. Um, ideally. Yeah, well, or maybe you are. I don't know. 
Um, so that, that one kind of makes Nick's a little bit hard for me. I, I struggled to separate that. So I would almost say like Zagreb's would be a good place to go, but you can make the argument for Buffalo is as a place that maybe they're more likely to actually go if they would be on campus. Um, that might actually be the most likely place that they would actually go and eat as opposed to, um, going to Zagreb's, but I, I would probably lean Zagreb's like you. Um, now if they were taking me out somewhere, then it would definitely be Nick's. Yes. That's it. We're done. No more questions. Okay, well, that is going to have to do it for this week's show. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live, you can join us in the chat mob at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again with you next Thursday night for another edition of Assembly Call Radio. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating. And so many of you have donated and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's see. There were some other good options here that people were saying in the chat. Someone said Nick's has food, question mark. <laughs> Nick's has good food. Someone said they ate at Nick's once, but they can't remember. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was a Cafe Pizzeria. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I the other- that, that was at the top of Galen's extensive uh, pizza rankings of Bloomington, was it not? I think when he so. put out like that manifesto some, some years ago. He, he takes it very seriously, and I appreciate him for that. Um, Kent asked if I'm going to watch the recruits this weekend in Dallas. I was going, I, I need to do it at some point. I'm probably not going to just because we have family stuff planned all weekend. And I tend in the off season to always let family stuff trump potential basketball things. And it always, it just always ends up that we have family stuff. So I need to try and plan ahead a little bit better and, you know, block that out with like, you know, do yard work on the thing and then just kind of slip out when, when no one is looking for me. But no, I will, not, I will not be able to go. Um, family stuff takes precedent. I would love to because I'd love to see Leland Galloway and those guys in person. But it's not going to happen this year. So, got to, uh, got, I got to bank lots of goodwill in the offseason for when the season starts. <laughs> so, that's how, that's how this thing works. <laughs> Both oh. you guys with the families at home, I'm the... <laughs> You, you thank me for always Co- being Coach around. might fly down. To, yeah. He hadn't thought about it until right now, and it just came up. But he's like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I'm well, like, I got four I'll soccer hop on a play. Four I'll soccer games to go to this weekend. I can't go. 
<laughs> there's gonna there's gonna be like ten episodes now this season where it's just coach hosting by himself. <laughs> I, I think I need to tape some remote drops from my discussions with Joel and David and <laughs> Richie at the baseball games. Now we have like assembly call light uh, at. Uh, I think the baseball fans look at us like we're weird. We're watching a baseball game and we talk for two hours about basketball. It's really cool. Though. Uh, man, the baseball team's good too. Yep. I'll be down tomorrow night. I'm just taking my youngest son. He turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. We're going to the Bluebird. To oh, nice. See a concert tomorrow night. So I get to act young again. Very nice. Wait, who are you seeing? Clayton Anderson, country. Uh, I, think you, I, think you told, I think you told me that before. Yeah. We were one of our very, favorites. Very Ooh, Kent's going to be awesome. at the EYBL in Georgia. You'll have to give us a report, Kent. Maybe uh, if you're going to be around um, after that, maybe you can hop on the show and give us a report of guys. Kent, watch your feet so you don't stub your toes on the bags of cash sitting around. <laughs> That's a nice bags of cash. Bags of cash. We also need player comps for everyone that you see. It's important. I hate player comps. <laughs> He hates them. All right. Fun uh, fun show, gents. Good to be back. Good to be back, everybody. We'll be back next week. And uh, have a good week yeah. until then. And watch out. Monday is going to be interesting. In-home visit with Anthony Leal. Do you think he offers him? And do you think it's contingent on how well Leal plays this weekend? Or do you think that decision's already been made? I would think it's already been made. I like to think that those kinds of decisions are not made based on one weekend of basketball anymore. Yeah. So it, was, it was done that way at one time. <laughs> That's why that last word is really important in that scenario. Yeah. I know most of us don't like the early offers, but it almost seems a little late. I mean, he's next year, 2020. Mm -hmm. does, does that seem late or am I, am I it's, just no, it's something? been, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things because he's, local and because for a long time at least from what you hear it kind of felt like he would like say yes on the spot it is probably a little bit late especially now that other schools are coming in so we might have missed out on like offering and him just saying yes on the spot um but you know late is kind of relative i mean if you're not convinced like i don't think i think we should take him right he's from bloomington the kid can shoot like those two things I think even if there are other warts in his game, let's find a way to make it work with that guy. I just think that fits. And I forgot, I was actually going to use that, you know, I was going to talk about that in a banner moment. Like, think of the last two guys we had from Bloomington that were scholars. Like, the last two great Indiana teams had scholarship players from Bloomington, Indiana. Jared Jeffries, Jordan Holes. I'm not saying he's those guys, but I feel like you try to make it work with that guy. But there are reasonable people who wonder if he's, you know... It, if some of the other parts of his game are going to be good enough at this level. And I've heard varying opinions from a lot of different people who've seen him play. I don't know. I've never seen him play. But from what I know, I think we should make it work with that guy. It just seems... His, he, t tape is weird. you got to see people live. His release looked a little slow on the tape that I saw. Yeah. I, and that, that I don't know if that correlates. Again, if you're open and people can drive, you can take all time if you hit them. The same, the same issue when I saw Galloway in the state finals. Uh, I didn't know he had a hand injury, but he was missing free throws and it didn't look like his shot was there. And now he's healed and shooting well in AAU. So uh, you just wonder if, you know, and that's where you got to trust a, a guy like Archie. He, he, he's got to win. He wants to win. He's not going to just offer guys that are in Indiana because they're in Indiana. He, you know, yeah. maybe the Morton kid's better or, or someone else is better in that class. And 
I mean, you know, the thing is, like, it's real easy to say, like, why hasn't Archie offered him? I've kind of taken the mindset again. Like, I know kind of what I want, but it's almost just more like the romantic version of how IU basketball could be, right? right? But it is so obvious that you offer that guy. <laughs> why aren't they? Like, there's got to be a reason. You know, they're not just going to actively not recruit a guy from Bloomington to, like, spite him or something. You know, so there's got, like, they, for some reason, they just haven't been convinced yet that he's at that level, and they've got some other guys they're targeting higher in the class. So it's it's that balancing act. Who's offered him? Any, anyone well, big? I think Stanford has. I think Xavier has. Virginia has shown interest. I don't know if they've offered. Um, so we're not the only ones. Purdue hasn't offered. Notre Dame hasn't offered. Anyone in state hasn't offered. Of I that don't. I don't know about nature, that. Right? I don't know about that. I would have to look. I don't know if they're. It's sometimes difficult to parse whether there's actually been an offer and you know whether they visited. Right. But I know he visited Stanford. Um, Some people are saying Northwestern and Butler might have. Yeah, Northwestern well. did. Northwestern did. That's right. Yep. So like again, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but I do. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, yeah, Iowa did too. It seems like that's a guy that you can – you got 13 scholarships. It seems like you could fill one with a guy who can shoot that's from your hometown, warts and all. And we took but a guy who see. can shoot from Crown Point, though, too. Well, I think he's a better player than that. <laughs> no, I know, but you just got to be careful. No, I appreciate, I appreciate the patience, but, you know, you can be too patient. And if you yes. miss out on a guy who really could have helped you and he's right there in your backyard, that exacerbates it. I mean, there's no... Klein, Kyle guy. Yeah. Trevin uh, blew it when he went through. Yeah, so be interesting to see what they do. But be on the, be on the watch for that Monday. All right. Chat, Mike, right. come see me at the baseball game tomorrow. Yeah, go see Coach. Send pictures. Andy, have the Eagles picked? Uh, no, they're not till 25. I think we've still got a little while left. They're only in pick 18. Mm. So, Such 20. drama. Oh, yeah. Good times. Uh, Eagles want to trade down, so I fully believe that I'll sit here, stay up, wait, and then they'll trade out of the first round, and then I can just go to bed. Go to bed. You need sleep. I know. I sound I sound terrible. I think I got We want you to hands. live. Hannah's cold is, so now I sound I sounded really bad this morning. I was a little concerned I wouldn't be able to do the show. <laughs> Well, you you soldiered through. We appreciate it. Good night, everyone. Thanks night, again, everybody. gentlemen. Right. Appreciate it. No, thank you. Welcome yeah. to the show officially, Coach. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was the easiest question Jared's ever asked me about anything with the show. <laughs> and I actually responded to that unlike the rundown for the show today. So. Yeah, we won't we won't tell you what Ryan's response was because we don't want there to be any chemistry issues here on the show. Yeah, he but. just said as long as he hosts before I do, that's why I'm voting <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, already, I really don't like it. Happened, so. <laughs> he can host. <laughs> it did yeah. already happen. God, that's sad. That is so sad. I would be embarrassed if I oh, I know how that vote went down right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. See it. you guys. Bye. All right. Later. Bye, everybody. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. 
Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info. Let me be straight with you. This is a radio commercial for three small business insurance. With three, your entire business is covered. So while you can't see the following scene, just know that this contractor's business is protected by three. Hey, toss me that drill. Yeah, man. Heads up. expensive now this is an insurance moment but three's got it covered three is a product of berkshire hathaway direct insurance company three no nonsense just common sense